This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Well, it's Friday, Krista's favorite segment of the podcast every week. Yours, you love this. I do love Clark Stinks because the only way you grow as a person is to learn. And, uh, you know, I, I have this opportunity to, this privilege to speak to you day after day and all of us fall into our habits and we have our opinions and sometimes we miss part of the picture. So I love the Clark Stink segment for the purpose of making me think in ways that I maybe have not or learned that I'm not communicating what I'm really trying to. So thank you for taking the time to post on Clark Stinks. But also later, I wanted to tell you that shopping for internet service is about to get easier for you, which is, um, it's about time because it's been so hard dealing with the come-ons from the cable monsters and the phone monopolies. And that's going to be an easier thing. But the big news I'm going to talk about is the competition that's coming too. That's the really great stuff. So without further ado, it's time to hear how I'm stinking it up. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Here we go. I shop at Aldi regularly. I live in Arkansas. Caution for their middle aisle products, though. I once purchased an inexpensive small desk fan, and it stopped working after a week or two. I complained at the store, and they gave me a replacement, which also quit working. It was a useless product. I also just wanted to mention that you spoke of shopping carts on the same podcast, and I call them trolleys. The reason for this is because I'm British, and one day while grocery shopping, I told my then-husband I was just getting a trolley, and he found that hilarious. And that's from Tracy. (laughs) And Tracy, we could talk about lorries as well. You know what a lorry is? Elevator, right? No, a lorry is tractor-trailer truck. Oh, it's a truck. Okay. Yeah, in uh, in Britain. Yeah, so I'm really sorry about the fan. Now, at Aldi, if you buy a, a middle aisle thing and it turns out to be garbage, and you got a new one, and that one turned out to be garbage, you should have taken back the second one. They would have given you your money back because, you know, they. it's really important to them that you have faith in the middle aisle stuff. And I bought some middle aisle stuff this week. It oh, was, you, I'm not yeah, surprised. I got some <laughs> real good deals. If you're not familiar, Aldi and their German competitor that's opening up more and more in the United States, Lidl, one of the things they do is they have this treasure hunt kind of section that Aldi calls the middle aisle. I don't know what Lidl calls it, but they sell non-food stuff at prices much cheaper than you'd find otherwise. And they only sell, and the, the reason they can do it cheaper 
is they only sell items seasonally and they sell a ton of them. So they get a really good price on manufacture. Most of the time, things are going to be reliable, unlike the fan that we're talking about that Tracy bought. And I got, my wife loves soup and they had these phenomenal soup bowls that were on sale on the middle aisle and she loves them. So I should go buy her more and then special occasions. That would be nice. All right. This is from Trudy. You said that you only use your debit card at ATM machines. Why not get a card that's only good at ATMs? It can never be used at point of sale. That way there's no risk of exposure. It's easy to pull out the debit card. I just turned in mine for one that's strictly for ATM use. Yeah, Trudy, thank you. And this is a conversation we've had over the years because a lot of financial institutions now flat out will not give you an ATM card only. They want so badly to have that Visa or MasterCard logo in your wallet, but you do have with many issuers that only allow you to get a debit card with a Visa or MasterCard logo, the ability to turn off what's known as POS function, point of sale function. And that's when you use a debit card as if it is uh, like a credit card, a Visa or MasterCard. And so you limit your exposure to the ATMs only when you turn off POS. And again, not every financial institution will even let you do that where you turn off POS. Clark and the Community College bandwagon, please add some nuance to your argument. For students in hard science majors, taking two years of community college deprives them of the opportunity to make connections with professors at their final institution and of the opportunity to start engaging in undergraduate research. I have a daughter currently at an R1 institution, and she started undergraduate research the summer after her freshman year. Because of the connections that she formed, she was able to access internship opportunities in the summer between her sophomore and junior years. This simply would not have been available if she was at a community college for her first two years. This has led her to work in two research groups on campus and is cracking open doors that would remain closed to others not similarly positioned. While I acknowledge that education financing may force a student to take this community college route, there is a trade-off in many majors that also needs to be recognized, and that's from Doug. Doug, thank you. You know, when I talk about community college as an alternative, one of the movements that I'm really happy about in the country are community colleges that now offer four-year degrees, that they, they're structured so they run at much lower cost, and a student doesn't have to transfer to a senior university after the first two years. And the state of Florida has done a lot with this, more than I think most any other state, where they have turned, I don't know if it's all or just most of their two-year community colleges into four-year state universities, but offering a four-year degree at a cost of about $11,000 total for all the tuition fees and all that. And this is really important because for so many people, college costs are such that they just give up. They, they drop out or they don't attend. And in your case, you were able to afford for your child to do the four years, have access to the professors, have access to internships and all the rest. In a perfect world, that would be 
a better choice. But so often, the finances in somebody's life just don't permit it. On the show about cost plus drugs, there was something left out of the pricing discussion. Most people have medical insurance that will have a contract rate for the drug at the pharmacy, even with a marketplace insurance plan. When that contract rate is used, there isn't much of a difference between pharmacies. Always worth shopping around, but for my one drug, there's less than a $2 difference everywhere, and Cost Plus Drugs doesn't offer it. I enjoy the show, Eric. Eric, thank you. You know, of the topics we talk about that can, uh, the more you talk about it, the more confused everybody comes. I'd say prescription drugs is right there. It is a very difficult area, and... With some employer-provided drug plans, there will not be the huge differences I talk about from one place to another. But even with the drug plan I have, there are big differences involving the insurance from one place to another. In my case, I say by far the most filling those medicines either mail order or at Costco. Clark, please, enough with the hyperbole. It seems like every show reeks of them. You could even create another link called Clark Hyperbolizes. For example, from one show, a gym membership contract is a bad idea, but not a con job, in quotes. No one is being swindled and no laws are being broken. Just tone it down a bit, George. George, thank you. And that is, I'll tell you, it's an old habit from decades in radio that when people are listening to radio, which is what I did for so long, they're constantly distracted. They're almost always listening in a car. They're worried about traffic around them, and they're um, trying to hear you at the same time as they're trying not to wreck while they're driving. And so it was something that was drilled into me early in my radio career back in the 1980s that you have to use extreme statements to break through to people so they really hear the message you're trying to deliver so it is an old habit that dies hard and there are times that my language is too colorful it's something you and i talk about not colorful in a cuss word kind of thing but uh, a little too colorful and uh, you and i have talked about me being more mindful of that and i appreciate you pointing that out to me george Clark had a call from someone who had booked a dolphin experience and asked for a refund. Clark said not to give the account information due to the risk. They lost out on their refund. The correct answer to me would be to ask the operator to issue a check or give them an account number of a different account with no balance. Ally allows me to have many accounts under one login, and many other banks do as well. Pete. Pete, thank you. That was a very difficult situation involving trying to get the refund for the dolphin experience that didn't happen and i like your suggestion of using an alternative checking account or asking for a check the alternative checking account would probably be the most likely to be an effective way to protect yourself and still get back the money this is in regards to the caller who who was inquiring about why her credit score dropped 100 points on credit karma I was surprised that Clark didn't explain a little further about how the site works and all that there is to look at and click on. He should have mentioned that there is a tab that says, see what's changed, and advised her to look there because it always tells you why your score changed. There's an awful lot to look at on Credit Karma and it can be a bit overwhelming. 
Furthermore, I think Clark should frequently explain to people that it would serve them best to pay their credit card bill twice a month instead of waiting for the statement to hit. And that's from Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you. I'm going to deal with the second thing first. And uh, paying your credit card on a regular basis and instead of twice a month, as you said, if you're running balances, the most effective way to reduce your balance is to pay half of your minimum payment required every two weeks. And it will get you out of debt if your credit card debt's felt overwhelming, you have trouble going beyond the minimum payments. It'll get you out of debt in one-fourth the time if you just each month send the minimum payment they're asking for. If you're talking about paying twice in a billing cycle so that you are producing a higher credit score, you're paying your balances in full, absolutely that works. Anything you do that reduces the balance that's reported, it's not not when you pay your balance in full, you think they're reporting a zero balance for you. They report the balance to the credit bureaus on the closing date for your statement, even if you then pay it in full. So if you want to boost your score, you reduce what's being reported is the amount of your available credit you're using and making extra payments will do that. Credit Karma. Okay, so your suggestion of going to the see what's changed section, very smart, and that's very useful. And if I've neglected to say this, the scoring model that Credit Karma uses is more volatile than the industry-recognized FICO standard. So you'll see with your scoring at Credit Karma that your score moves in much wider movements based especially on how much of your available credit you're using, then you'll see it move in a short cycle with the official FICO model. Uh, But also you're completely right that if you take the time, Credit Karma will drill down for you what has moved your credit up or down recently and what things you, for your specific credit profile, you could do to raise your credit score in a short period of time. So I want to thank you, every one of you, for sharing your perspective, sharing your opinions, because I want to tell you, it does help me do a better job. Now, coming up next, going back to the thing about using hyperbole, a lot of people think internet service providers are just scamming you. No, that's... (laughs) A lot of people do feel ripped off when they sign up for a plan. It ends up being completely different later. And I want to talk to you about help being on the way to eliminate that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have in front of me what Krista calls poison. I have a diet soda. And it has this nutrition facts label on it right here, Krista. Yes. And see, it has plenty of nutrition. It shows right here. Yeah. So it tells you the serving size, one can in this case, how many calories, fat, sodium, 2% of daily sodium from this can. Is that a lot or a little? I, well, I don't know. It depends on how many cans you drink a day, I guess, right? <laughs> 350. No. Uh, total carbs, sugars, added sugars, protein. I don't know what that one means. Whatever that is, 60 it. milligrams or something. I and can't. Yeah, I can't see it's it. not a significant source of, of saturated fats, trans fats, cholesterol, fiber, vitamin D, calcium, and iron. Okay. So you see these labels. On every food product, pretty much you pick up. Well, some really smart person came up with the idea of dealing with all the complaints that people have feeling taken advantage of when they sign up for internet service with their Monopoly local phone company or their cable company, where you think you signed up for this, and then later it's this plus another $35. Or you only had that for a teaser period, and then the rate goes through the roof. Well, now the Federal Communications Commission, an obscure federal body that most people don't know anything about, but does stuff like this, has come up with their equivalent, and it looks just like a nutrition label on a food product that tells you what you're actually signing up for. And you sign up for what it is, show you what the price is month to month. What's the price if you sign a contract for a year? What happens if you sign a contract for two years? What else do you have to pay for? How much data do you get? Are there overages? How are the overages done? And it's one simple chart where I can see all the stuff that the monopoly cable companies and monopoly phone companies have always acted like hey it's for us to know and you to find out so this is great news and you'll see this phase in i recently signed up for an internet service where i got their initial interpretation of the chart and it was great i mean i was able with one glance to see exactly what was going to happen. And then I got a video just yesterday, and it was this very happy person who was just, this is the greatest day of my life, and I hope it is of yours too. (laughs) I mean, they picked the right voiceover person. And it walked me through my bill and how it was going to work, and I was looking at it and hearing it at the same time. This is good stuff because 
it has been so hard to know. And you think about with the equivalent, if you go to T-Mobile, Verizon, or AT&T, and you're signing, trying to pick a cell phone plan, who can figure it out? Because it's so unbelievably complicated. And the reason they do that, to make it hard for you to switch and comparison shop, to make it hard for you to figure out who's got the best deal. So this is not required for the cell phone providers, should be, but this is something that will be common industry practice with internet service. And all I can say is it's about time. But what I'm really looking forward to are the new waves of competition that piece by piece are showing up around the country. And this is good stuff that's happening around America and especially for people who live in rural America who have not had decent options for internet. The options for internet, state by state, area by area, are getting to be more affordable, more reliable, with faster data, and in most cases, unlimited data for internet. And the systems that are coming are both going to come from the sky and from ground-based, what's known as fixed wireless, to provide these newer options for people in rural America. One of the things that surprised companies so far that offer fixed wireless, a lot of their signups have been people who live in urban and suburban areas that have a choice of getting internet from a cable monster or a local monopoly phone company and they're dissatisfied with the price or whatever and they have been trying these fixed wireless internet services. The two most prominent around the country but not the only choices are from Verizon Wireless and from T-Mobile. T-Mobile is called Home Internet. Krista? Okay, questions are coming in. This one's from Mac in Connecticut. I would really like to have a home. We're dink, dual income, no kids. And if I'm lucky in a career shift, we'll soon both be able to work remotely. I have a strong preference to not spend over $500,000 on a home, even though we could afford a larger mortgage. We'd both like to live in the country again with a two, within a two-hour reach of a city or airport. But our main constraint is internet. We're not finding it transparent in our search for a home, and we're dependent on a really strong connection to do our roles. Do you know a better way to find homes with broadband or fiber access? Thank you. Mac, it's so ironic that you're asking this question after what I just talked about. And I don't know of a trustworthy, comprehensive source where you could put in an address like you can for using uh, an antenna to pick up over-the-air broadcast channels. I don't know of an equivalent for internet. When I've looked at sites that claim to be able to do that, I've found that the information was not useful or helpful to me. It was very hard to use any of that data. Maybe someone listening, Mac, has found a source that really is trustworthy and reliable, and you can put in a zip code and an address and see what internet is actually available for you and the short answer is that starlink is before too long going to be available all over the united states and will be a game changer for people who want to live like you do you pay a hundred bucks a month 
and have high-speed internet with low latency and unlimited data with the Starlink. And then, of course, you can see if at an address you're looking at, if the Verizon wireless home internet or the T-Mobile home internet would be available where you are. Now, the T-Mobile home internet, which Chris and I both have experience with, is good for watching video. It's good for doing web surfing. If you're doing something that requires high data capacity, like gaming or something like that, it's not going to get the job done. I would also say if you're looking in a specific area, you can see what providers, is there fiber available in that area? And then if I were really looking at home, I would ask the realtor to let me log in to the internet there and check with neighbors and do a speed test if I wanted to. Oh, you at know? the house. Yeah, just because different houses in an area can have different, you know, and different offerings. And if there is, you know, high speed internet available there, usually on that provider's website, you can put the address in to see if it's available at that specific address. Don't know if that'll we, help. We had an experience once when we had a rural home on a lake, and we were told that there was high-speed internet available, and it was beyond pitiful. I mean, we couldn't even, uh, if we tried to stream a television show, we had the spinning circle right. there, and it wouldn't load. So doing what you're saying to actually, if you're buying a home that's already there, they have internet there to ask to try their internet service to see the speed, that's really smart. This is from Stephanie in Arizona. My 20-year-old son was just given a $30,000 gift from a family member on my ex's side. He is a college student with tuition paid for from his 529. He has never had to file a tax return, and I claim him as a dependent when he's in school. I'm a teacher with no savings to speak of except a vested 401k through my employer, so I don't know much about investing. My son, on the other hand, has $6,000 in his savings account and wants to put the entire gift into some kind of shortish-term savings or investment vehicle. He wants help. my help with that. Where do we start? I was thinking about putting $10,000 in an I-bond. Is that a good idea? So... All right, this is really wonderful. I don't know if your son is working part-time at all. He's working part-time of the $30,000 very generous gift. I would take six grand and put it, you know, fill in the blank, Roth a Roth IRA. IRA, only if he's working. And that money would not be for short-term. That would be for long-term. And then the rest of it, yeah, you could take ten grand and put it in a Series I savings bond. It will outrun, obviously, what you could earn elsewhere right now. And if you did that 10, he is working part-time. Let's do that if. That would be six grand into a Roth IRA. Uh, where would you do that? Go look at my investment guide on Clark.com. But the easy answer is to put it in what's known as a target retirement fund, uh, 20 years old. So we're talking about 45 years from now. I wonder if there's a 2075 fund yet or if it's 2070. He still has time too if he did earn the money last year to do for to last do a Roth, year. And that's year. right. That's right because he's not done a return. If he did work last year um, or whatever amount, no more than 6000 the money could go in. So you could open a Roth with $1,000 or whatever put the money in. I want to build in a 20-year-old, Stephanie, the habit of investing for the long term. 
But let's say I just went down a rabbit hole that doesn't apply at all to the 10000 into the Series I savings bonds that you can buy at savingsbonds.gov, and then the other 20000 in that case, put into an online savings account, which right now will earn like half a percent. I mean, there's, you can't be fancy with it if it's money you want to have put aside short-term in a parking space, which I generally consider anything five years or less to be money that goes in a short-term savings account, a parking space. And you may be able to get a bonus for opening an account with that amount of money too, like $200 Oh, that's true. Or that's true. A lot of financial institutions to attract your money will give you some kind of bonus for bringing the money to them. Good point. Okay. I think we should have the Krista DiBiase podcast. Uh, I don't think so. No, you're, you're <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, I think how many times today you've given fantastic and timely additional suggestions. Thank you, Clark. I learned everything I know from you. This is She's from Morley. This is a Clark Rocks post. I met with a serious accident last October where my car was rear-ended and totaled. Fortunately, Sorry. no injuries for either party. It happened on a busy interstate in the dark in a construction zone. The initial police report had incorrect remarks. Thanks to the dash cam video, the police department promptly reviewed the footage and made necessary corrections to the report. Big thanks to Clark for encouraging his listeners to install a dash cam. Without the footage, it would have been near impossible to justify the corrections as there were no witnesses and my word against the other party. I purchased the unit for about $25 a couple of years ago during a Thanksgiving sale. I never thought it would come to my rescue in a substantial manner. Also, I'm very happy to report that my claim has been fully settled by the other party's insurance, which I just found out today. I've been an avid listener of the Clark podcast. Clark's wisdom, experience, and expert advice has helped me in more ways than one. Oh, and it said, he also said, keep up the good work, Clark, and continue to be unbossed and unbought. Thank you very much for that. And uh, Morali, I'm so glad nobody was hurt. And the dash cam is such a great thing to have. And it's so weird. They're so common outside the United States, but you really don't see a lot of those things in the U.S. Because when people have an accident, um, they may not be meaning to lie to the police officer. They just may at that moment interpret what happened is not their fault. It's your fault. And the video helps people all the time. And more and more cars now come in with built-in video cameras to record an incident or an accident. But if yours doesn't, you can buy one of these dash cams, typically for $15 to $25 for a basic model. You put in an SD card in it, it'll record the video or a, a micro SD card. And it can be the difference between you having an at-fault accident and being free and clear. So great suggestion. Glad you mentioned it and that it was so helpful to you. And I want to thank you for being with us today. And I hope that you learned one or more things today that you could share with somebody else that might help them in their lives. And I want them to be empowered. I want you to be empowered. I want you to have more control over your life and your wallet. And speaking of your life, have a great rest of your day today.